Welcome back to another episode of I Am Clearly a Podcast. I am your host, Alicia Lee. And if we're meeting for the first time, welcome. I want to give you a nice, tight, virtual hug. Come in. Come here, girl. Hey, boo. And if we're not meeting for the first time, welcome back. What's up? You get a hug, too. Come here, girl. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Listen, to love me is to know me and to understand me. And if you know me and understand me well enough, you know I got a silly personality, okay? It's very animated, okay? I took, backstory, took a couple uh, years of drama um, when I was in high school and I just felt like that was my happy place. Improv is my jam, okay? So if anybody knows of any improv nights or improv happenings holla at your girl you know they need to have a virtual improv i digress anyway welcome back y'all last week we left off with i am clearly a mama part one where i shared my personal story with my first nine months of expecting growing the bump and being a mom it wasn't too much riffraff that happened because i honestly had a very easygoing journey And my experience for the very first time was a lot better than what a lot of people predicted or projected. So it was very smooth sailing. So there wasn't like a lot of conversation to have there, I guess. But this is the moment you all have been waiting for. We are now getting into part two of I Am Clearly a Mama. All right, y'all. So and so it begins. Okay, so the day is January 12th, which was my expected due date. There was no baby to be found. Okay, homeboy was nice and nestled. I don't even know if that's a word, but he was very comfortable inside of me and he did not want to. He was like, the 12th? Uh, No, that's not me. Y'all gonna have to holler at me another day. So because there was nothing happening, I actually the next day, Ended up going to get a prenatal massage because I really just wanted a moment to relax. And, you know, I was dealing with not necessarily pain, but I was honestly over being pregnant. Like it was cute and all how I carried him so well and all of that, blah, blah, blah. But no, for real, at this point, I was tired of being pregnant and I just wanted to meet my baby. By then, my nephew was born. I was like head over heels about him so excited to like hold a baby smell a baby and just all things baby and I was like okay I'm ready for my son to be here because what (laughs) get out of there little kid so I went to go get a prenatal massage and the young lady who was giving me a massage normally during my massages I don't care to have conversation because it's my moment to relax but this particular woman she she had time okay she had time and space she asked me it was like one question that she asked me that kind of kicked off our conversation and she was older she had three children she like shared her experiences with them and like even how she raised them like how she raised them pretty much aligned with how I plan on raising my son and she was like okay so I know like you're like a day over your alleged due date do you mind if I do some pressure points for you to kind of get things going I was like uh yeah please so she did that kind of got things going I later that night felt like slight contractions like usually I would feel Braxton Hicks contractions at this point but I was like feeling them okay I was like oh no this is not the little light stuff that I was feeling then this is this is this feels real so we go into by then it is Saturday 
we go into Saturday and that's when I'm really feeling contractions. I, if, if you are a soon to be mama, I highly recommend by the time you get to your third trimester to download a, the count the kicks app to where you can monitor your baby's activity. Um, that is very important during that stage. So by then I was monitoring his kicks as well as I had a contraction, um, a contraction app. These two apps are very vital in the whole uh, process because it helped. It honestly helped me track how far apart they were and how long they were lasting. Because honestly, who's looking at a watch and paying attention to that? How they did it back in the day, hats off to them. I was not doing that this day and age. So I downloaded the the contraction app and anytime I felt a surge coming, because that's what it felt like, I felt the surge coming, um, I would, you know, tap the app and on the app, it tells you to breathe in and breathe out, which was very helpful because that's exactly what my doula and I practice and this, and it was also being implemented in this app also. So it was very helpful to have that reminder right there on my phone in my face. So by then, you know, we've contacted my doula, letting her know like, hey, kind of got some some contractions going on here. I mainly had my partner will keep our doula up to date with what was going on because honestly, I my main focus is that I wanted to make sure that I was relaxed and not focused on updating everyone moment by moment. So I kept him in charge of that. And he was wonderful at doing that because Lord knows, like with everything that went on, I couldn't do it. So by then he has contacted her, let her know what was going on. So we we were out Saturday running a couple errands and whatnot. So he was like, oh, well, you know, do you want to go out to eat? Let's go get something to eat. And I was thinking, okay, eggplant, eggplant me, please. <laughs> so we went to Copeland's and I got this like eggplant pasta situation. By the end of the night, my stomach did not digest it too well. So it was like I was bloated and pregnant and that's very uncomfortable. So I made sure like I stayed hydrated and was drinking water and whatnot. Really wish I would have gotten a freaking kombucha because I feel like that really would have helped. But whatever. Here we are now. <laughs> so that night I lay down like it was like a normal night. I lay down, attempted to go to sleep, to relax myself. And I was really feeling the contractions then. They weren't like painful or anything. It was just like cramps so by this time we're looking at like midnight and I'm like wow like I need to like get up and like move my body so I'm moving around I'm on I'm on the the birthing ball at this point breathing through the contractions all right I'm like okay let me just go ahead and get up and get in the shower so that's already taken care of so I get up take a shower and then I use the bathroom and I'm like um, I see a color down here. <laughs> My water did not break at home, but there were some things that were happening in in the beginning stages of labor at home that was like, okay, we had to call the birthing center because they did have an on-call line that you can call anytime that you're experiencing labor. So we called them. They they'll ask you like, okay, how far apart are the contractions? Is there any like fluid that you need to let us know about the color, the smell, this, that, and third? So by this point, we have called them at least three times. And our third time, they were like, okay, yeah, you're getting close. Go ahead and come on in. So it was like, this shit is getting real, y'all. I'm really about to have a baby. <laughs> so our things were already packed. We were ready to go. So we get in the car by this time, it's like one o'clock in the morning and we make it to ABC. It's at least like a 30, 45 minute drive from my house. So we make it there. The The midwife, she she checked me in. She monitored the baby, made sure, you know, its heartbeat was good and all of that. Got my vitals. 
And I was like, okay, you're all set. Go ahead and go into your room. Get comfortable. Relax. We're having a baby. So we make it into the room. I specifically chose the earth room because he is an earth sign. So we make it into the room. We got comfortable. I was like, immediately, I'm taking my shoes off, took my jacket off, and I lay down. I lay down. I'm breathing through the contractions. I have my doula in front of me. She's like giving me this nice weighted hand massage down my body as I'm experiencing the contractions. Everything is going amazing. Like it's a beautiful, serene atmosphere. It's very calming. It's very relaxing. We had our, our own playlist going. So I'm, I'm like in the zone, feeling the vibes and I'm relaxing while I'm experiencing these surges of pain growing through my body. So at this point, I don't have no phone near me. I take my glasses off. I don't see no clock. I just see what's around me and I'm not even keeping track of the time. I just remember by the time we got here and got into that room, it was close to two o'clock in the morning. We're now on Sunday. It was two o'clock in the morning on Sunday. So I'm laboring throughout this whole entire room. After a while, they offer me, a, I forgot what it's called. It's called nitro. It's a, it's a form of a laughing gas, basically. And you pretty much are inhaling the laughing gas through this machine in order to relax your body because this is an all natural birthing center. So therefore there is no epidural. There's nothing. This is their like only option is the laughing gas to kind of zone out the pain in a sense, as if you were like high and just wanted to zone out real quick. So that's what I did. I tried that and I ended up taking a lovely nap because by this point I'm exhausted. We are like at least about four hours in to labor at this point, I was, I was exhausted. And luckily I did try it because I was able to relax enough to take a nap and rest my body. I did not want anything to eat. Mind you, during the birthing classes, prior to birthing classes, everybody would always tell me to make sure that I was eating while I was in labor at least the early stages of labor, like active labor, like try to eat something. I didn't want nothing to do with food because mind you, that eggplant pasta situation never fully digested on my stomach. So that was a doozy. I was constantly drinking water, making sure I was drinking water. My doula was making sure I was drinking water. She was making sure I at least had a uh, body armor, which gave me the electrolytes and, you know, some sugar in my blood to keep me up and going. And she also had these like honey packets where I could like suck onto those to give me some form of energy, which helped, but I still had want nothing to do with food at this point. So later down the line, at least maybe like an hour after taking this, this gas and I take a nap, I end up having the need to throw up. I mind you, I did not throw up this whole time I was pregnant. So to throw up in that moment, it was just like, what the hell is going on? The only thing, the only position I can say that was very comfortable for me to labor in was literally on the toilet. When I tell y'all the toilet was my friend and it gave me comfort because of his positioning and he was pushing on my back. It felt like I had to poop the whole time. And I would like see different videos and hear about different stories about women saying, oh my God, I took a shit when I was in labor. I was like, maybe that's what's going on right now. Maybe I might potentially poop while I'm pushing him out. So I was like, I don't want that. Let me at least be on the toilet to, for the sake of everybody else who's having to deal with me right now. <laughs> and it was honestly very comfortable. So they were like, you know, try to get her up and moving around. So I, you know, moved around, did a couple of the laboring exercises with my partner where we swayed and all of that. I even got into the birthing pool. I tried that. That was like a, a little comfortable. But then after a while, I was like, nothing's happening. I'm just getting wet. They were like, okay, let's get her up. Let's get her out. Let's get her moving around. So I tried the shower. I stood in the shower. The shower, oh my God, was so freaking lovely because it was so warm and it was hitting all the right places that needed that warm comfort feeling 
which was mainly my back. Y'all, when I just say I tried everything, moving around, everything, I tried everything. By this point, nothing's happening. So it's probably like maybe, hell, 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock in the afternoon at this point, nothing's happening. So they're like, okay, let's do a cervical exam. Let's check to see how far you're dilated. And I remember looking over at my doula, like, I remember we talked about these cervical exams. Is this something that I should be doing? Because I don't know what I'm doing right now. I don't know what's happening right now. She just like gave me that reassurance, looked at me and was like, it's completely up to you, but it's just to check to see how far along you are. So I was like, okay, I at least want to know because I feel like I've been here for a minute. So we check and I want to say at this point, she said I was only six centimeters, which was nothing. So we're, we're at it again. I'm like, okay, great. So they're like, you know, continue to keep her calm, you know, breathing through the contractions and, you know, things are going to progress. They're, you know, they're looking on the bright side. More hours pass by and nothing. When I, y'all, first of all, those cervical exams hurt. When I tell you they hurt, they hurt. So at this point, I remember laying down and looking out the window and seeing the sun. By the time I laid down again, it was dark. So I was like, wow, what time is it? What is going on outside? Because I saw the parking deck. I saw light. Now I see darkness. Help. <laughs> so by now they have asked me to, let's try to push. Like, you know, you are dilated a little bit. Try to push. So I think about my ideal pushing position that I would have liked to be in which was the squatting position so I immediately go into that hovering over the birthing ball and my doula is sitting on the birthing ball and like you know she's rubbing my shoulders rubbing my back and all of that and I try to push and I think about the exercises that she told me to practice when it comes down to pushing so I, I'm like having all of this go through my mind like just think about think about what we practice think about what we practice just breathe and think about what we practice I go to push and it hurt. It hurt really bad. <laughs> Mind you. Okay. We're going to pause from the story and I'm going to tell you all about my birthing plan. So mind you, my birthing plan, my doula and I went over this and I even provided it to the birthing center and they like looked over it and was like, this looks great. We're all on board. I specifically had a birthing plan for the natural birth and a cesarean birth. And I had everything in there that I wanted but I was mainly focused on the natural birth. Like I knew in my core of my being that I was going to have this baby and be home the same day because at the birthing center, you don't have to stay overnight and you get to take your baby home after they do the little vitals within like an hour or two of you giving birth to your baby, you take your baby home. So in my mind, I'm like, this is what's happening. Like I have his, his going home outfit, everything packed. My baby's coming home. So let me do what I need to do and stick to my birthing plan. Know what's ahead of me and just relax my body and let's get this done. So here I am in the squatting position. I'm pushing. Nothing's really happening. So I'm like, super uncomfortable at this point I tried different positions to push and y'all I remember I could be like skipping out on certain parts because mind you when you're in labor like your mind goes a different place this is based on what I am remembering so bear with me um time frame is thrown off a little bit because mind you I didn't know what time it was at this point I just remember seeing coming in at two o'clock in the morning seeing the sun the sun goes away it's blurry at this point. So I tried different positions to push. And I remember this one particular position when I was in front of my doula and she was sitting on the birthing ball and I was hovering over her and I was pushing. I remember the midwife was right next to her. And as I was pushing, I just like remember like glancing down at the bottom of me and seeing this like orangey looking kind of fluid I was like well that looks weird didn't think nothing like twice about it I just looked at it I was like what what is that and I look back up and I'm like my eyes are like I'm like going in and out of it and I just remember the midwife saying we're gonna have to transfer her 
she said this to my doula and my doula like i i look up at her when i heard this i immediately looked up at her and just seeing the distress on her face and i just felt like she said fuck behind her mask because she was wearing a mask shout out to her and i was just like oh my god like that's when she like looked at me like mama you heard what they just said focus relax let's get this baby out of you she didn't say that but i felt all of that through her eyes when we locked eyes and looked at each other so i was like okay i was like give me some i just got got some water got some honey i like kind of rocked side to side tried it again nothing at this point green fluid is coming out and they were like yeah she has to go to the hospital i'm like what the fuck is happening i i don't think i had any type of emotion at that point because i was so freaking exhausted by then i had got back up and went to the toilet to try to you know get things going from there nothing's happening they brought in then one of the midwives brought in a um a paper for me to sign i'm like mama i'm not signing that i don't even know what i'm signing okay so she walked away with the paper and that's when you know they asked me what hospital do you want to get transferred to mind you where the birthing center is at it's like walking distance to emory uh midtown emory i immediately knew for sure like that's not where i wanted to be so it was either emory or grady i said grady so they called the ambulance you know we had to pack up everything my partner like i look over at him he looks stressed he looks tired and i'm just like oh my gosh like this is a lot so everything's packed up the ambulance gets there they bring in the bed put me on there by the time i get on the bed y'all that's when my water breaks i have fluid gushing all over my pants that i just put on and they're like having to like lay me down and take my pants off because at this point i'm like having a contraction while my water is breaking it's just a lot it's a lot going on at this point so as my water's breaking i'm having to get on this bed so they're like give her a minute let her relax i get all cleaned up i put on another pair of pants and then i get back onto the bed the midwife that was assisting us she accompanies me on the back of the truck my partner and my doula they go in their cars and pretty much tailgate behind the ambulance <sighs> that fucking ambulance ride was so stressful mind you i'm leaving a very serene peaceful environment where i was relaxed and calm to a chaotic ambulance this man is going on every last pothole that's in the street this woman has a freaking a baby monitor on my stomach. I have this freaking blood pressure cuff on my arm. I have a freaking blood oxygen thing on my finger. It's a lot going on in this bright ass ambulance. And I'm just like, pain shoots up through the roof. I'm no longer able to like monitor my pain as, as nice and calmly as I was because of the, the, chaotic, the chaotic energy that's around me just makes it worse. <gasps> by then i'm like screaming like i done gripped the freaking bed so hard you can see my fingers imprinted into the side of the bed the woman left the damn blood pressure pump on my arm i ripped that thing off because you're done at this point why is it still on me take this freaking thing off my finger you can keep that thing on my belly make sure you still hear my baby's heartbeat that <laughs> that's how it was going down in the ambulance like it was so stressful in that little box we finally get out they rush me up to the room y'all when i tell you i did not every fiber in my being did not want to be inside of a hospital i go into this room mind you on my birthing plan i did not want any students present i go into this room it's like freaking 10 12 people in the goddamn room and i'm like they wanted me to lay on the bed taking pants off and so the doctor can like check me and i'm like who the freak is this guy i don't know him don't know her don't know him y'all need to get out who are all these people so they cleared the room had the doctors and a nurse in the room she checked me and she was like yeah you're at eight and a half centimeters by this point y'all it's what 
maybe about 9 30 10 o'clock at night and I'm like okay I'm only eight centimeters I'm, I'm going on freaking 24 hours at this point with no food in my system I'm hurting I'm in a hospital the energy in this hospital is it's making my pain a lot worse I could not function at this point I was like I need to go on a toilet I just knew I was about to poop I need to go on a toilet no didn't have to poop but I did throw up again this time the throw up was green (laughs) when I tell you it was an adventure that I was that was not planned or discussed okay so then we get the doctors coming back in and they're like, yeah, we're going to have to do an emergency C-section. A what? Yes, an emergency C-section. So at this point, the green that I'm seeing is meconium. For those of you that don't know what that is, my baby pooped inside of me and they were very concerned about him inhaling it. And that's exactly what happened. That's why it was like, you have no choice at this point but to have the C-section to save you and your baby's life. By then, I've surrendered fully and I'm just like, make sure he makes it to Earthside safely. Make sure I make it to see him safely. So I'm like, whatever y'all need to do, let's like, let's just fucking do it. Like, let's get it over with and let's do it. So they come in, they, they, you know, do the blood work. I'm hooked up to IV. This, at this point, they're ready for me. It's like 1030, maybe 1045. I remember being wheeled out the room and going into this OR room and I'm asking so many damn questions, y'all. I'm like, what doctors are going to be present? How many doctors are going to be present? Who all is going to be in here? How fast is this going to be? Am I going to be able to do skin to skin? Am I going to be able to, am I going to be able to keep my placenta? Because that was a part of my plan as well, because I planned on encapsulating my placenta. So the nurse is like, well, you're not going to be able to encapsulate your placenta mama because you got poop all over it, but you can take it. As far as the doctors, you're going to have at least three doctors working on you as well as the NICU team and a couple nurses okay so I'm like having to sit still on this table to get this epidural catheter in my back which was excruciating pain in my back okay I remember the anesthesiologist and the nurse who was administering the epidural she was like okay I need you to be very still I understand you're in a lot of pain but you need to be very still Trying to do that and be still, oh my gosh, I did it, okay? But I wanted to kick the nurse that was in front of me. I wanted to kick her in her face because it's like she had a lack of empathy at this point. I am telling her, like, I need to get down. I feel like I have to poop. I get it. She's like, girl, you ain't got to poop. That's your damn baby. But she's like, oh, it's okay, mom. You're going to be okay. It's just the baby. I'm like, care a little bit more. (laughs) But I I got through it, got the epidural. By then, I feel nothing. So I'm like, all right, let's, let's do this. Let's do this, okay? I lay down, and I'm constantly asking them, so... What is when is my partner coming in? When is he coming in? Is he coming? Is he coming? Are y'all are y'all letting him in? Is he coming in? Finally, the doors open and he comes in, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm so glad to see you right now. I feel them cut me open, mind you, y'all. The if you ever been in an operating room, they have this big light above you, and it wasn't turned on, but they had the other light turned on. So I'm like looking at the reflection of the light, making sure they're not like stealing my organs or anything or like taking anything or like doing anything crazy because I, on my birthing plan for the C-section, in case we needed to have one, I did want to have the clear sheet so I can see everything, but let them tell it. Allegedly, they were all out. So they still had to go with the regular blue ones to where I couldn't see nothing. So... I feel this big like tug, like I feel them tugging at me and I hear this like suction and then I finally hear my baby crying. Y'all, when I tell you I took my glasses off 
and wept. <laughs> I cried. I was like, that's my baby. Like, my baby is here. He made it. He survived all of this. Not knowing the journey that we have ahead of us when this is all said and done. So they take him. I, like, have my partner. I'm like, can you, like, I don't hear him anymore. What is going on? I feel, like, pressure on my chest. Can you stand up real quick to, to tell me, like, what you see real quick? So I make him stand up. He stands up. And he's like, you know, they're they're tying you up right now. But I see him. They're working on him right now. Like, they're trying to resuscitate him, make them, you know, clear his lungs and to get him breathing. So I'm like, oh, my God. Okay, so I'm just going to lay here and be calm. And they're like, oh, baby's doing great. You guys, you, you know, you want to, one of you guys have your phone. I can take pictures of him and show you. So they took pictures of him and showed us. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that's my baby. <laughs> he's, he's here. And when they were wheeling him away, like, cause they brought him towards the bed. Cause they couldn't, I couldn't do skin to skin, unfortunately. They brought him towards the bed where I was laying. And they were like, Dad, you want to touch him? So he reaches his hand in there. He touches him. And they do another snapshot of him. And he is smiling in the pictures. Like a peaceful smile. Like giving me reassurance. Like, I'm good, Mama. Take care of you at this point. So I got, I cried. I cried. That was, it was intense it was emotional it was a lot of things all at once and it was exhausting he was born at 11 35 p.m on january 15th when it was all done they put me back on another bed took me back into the room and they were letting me know what's to happen after that and i'm like where's my baby they took him up to the NICU because by then he has to be monitored because he did actually inhale the macronium. So I was bummed out. Like I just went through all of that and y'all just took a whole piece of me that I've been waiting to hold. And I, I don't even see him right now. So they take me into the recovery room. And the first thing I ask is like, can I eat something? So I was able to eat something. My, by then, my partner had got me some food in hopes that I would eat when I was at the birthing center, but I wasn't. I was unable to. So, being there, I was able to eat something, and I was like, "Okay, I'm ready to hop up and go see my child." They were like, "No, you actually need to rest. You need to relax and rest. He's well taken care of. Dad can come up and see him." You really can't move until we know that you have movement in your feet. So I finally go to sleep and my partner goes to see the baby and he comes back and he's like, shows me, he did, I don't think he showed me the video because I don't think he wanted me to see that, but he was just like, you know, he was breathing very fast and very hard and they had him hooked up to a CPAP machine. They had Ivy in his hand. They had a tube down his throat to allow gravity to naturally pull the macronium out of his lungs. You know, it was it was a lot to see as a first time mom with the expectancy of at this point to be home with your baby. Fast forward, I was finally able to get movement in my legs the next day. I was determined to move my feet. I even like stood up at this point. And so they were like, okay, now you're ready to get the catheter taken out because I had a catheter in. And I was like, I've just felt off not being able to pee. So they were like, you know, if you want, you can try to use the bathroom on your own. I went to the bathroom and I like felt the need to pee. And I sat on that toilet and like really had to connect my mind with my body again. Like pee, pee, pee. Like I'm having to tell myself this. Finally did it. And so I stand up walk back to the bed and I'm like okay I'm ready to go see my baby <laughs> I'm good I need to go see my child she's like okay I'm gonna call for transportation and they're gonna come get you so somebody comes into the room with a wheelchair takes me up there to the NICU which was the next floor up I go up there and 
sorry. <laughs> when I get there, he was sleeping. And when I saw him, I stood up by his bed and I said, hey, baby. He opened his eyes and looked at me. I lost it. Somebody knew <laughs> to get me a box of tissue <laughs> and was like, have a seat. I'm going to pull a chair right next to him and I want you to sit down. But here's some tissue. I could not believe what we both went through in order to see each other. And to see the condition that he was in, yes, he was fine, but to see your first child hooked up to all of this stuff, you have so many questions. Like, who is the doctor? Who is the nurse? Like, it was so much to process in that moment. But I I can honestly say I handled all of this with so much grace and, like, patience. And I was very calm about all of it because emotionally I was a mess. I remember handing one of the nurses my birthing plan because I specifically there were certain vaccines that I did not want him to have because after doing my research, it was not necessary. So they respected my wishes. And like, you know, when it came down to it, they asked me again to make sure I was sure. And I'm like, yes. So we had a moment where I sat there and I held his hand, but I couldn't stand up too long because my legs were swelling like really bad. So then I'm having to stay in, at the hospital for at least, I want to say I was there for four days but when I was discharged on Wednesday my son was still having to stay there I'm not going home until my son comes home so me all cut up still trying to heal really can't even walk for real at this point by the time I'm discharged luckily Grady had a a room where I can stay in by the NICU it was like walking distance I was able to uh, stay in that room. Didn't really want to stay in that room because I wanted to sleep right by his side. I pulled up a chair. I'm like, I got a breast pump next to me. I'm, I'm right here. I'm present by his side. I When I tell you, I barely got any sleep in that hospital. I barely got any sleep because mind you, after you have a baby and you're in the hospital, they're coming in the room at least every three to four hours to check vitals and give you your, your meds. And I had to stay consistent with my pain meds because... I was in pain, but couldn't really feel anything at that point because I was consistent with my meds. All right. So I do apologize in advance if you guys do hear hiccups in the background. The little rock star woke up, so he is accompanying me while I finish recording the rest of this episode. So I stayed on top of my pain meds, like I said. I did not really stay inside of the room that Grady does provide to any relatives of any babies that are in the NICU. So I did stay by his bedside the whole time. My partner, he came back and forth because he had to go back home. He had to get the dog situated. Like it was stuff that he had to do because mind you, we were expecting to be home. So his plans got thrown off just as well as mine. Like I was not expecting to be at the hospital this long honestly against my own will because I needed to be there as well as my son. So after I want to say it was Saturday. So the doctor, so the doctors would do their rounds every morning in the NICU and we would, the we made sure we stuck around for the rounds that the doctors were making in the NICU, develop close, can't say it was close, develop good relationships with the nurses that were taking care of him, like I was like, okay, if you're going to be taking care of my baby, I don't know you from a can of paint. The least I can do is be nice to you. I mean, because you have to deal with nonsense all the time. I at least want to make sure 
I'm not the one that's providing you with the nonsense. So with the nurses that were taking care of him, everything went well. You know, they respected that. I only wanted to provide breast milk. So I was making sure I was doing what I needed to do to make sure he had some, you know, had a good rapport with the doctors. They saw our face every time they came around. Honestly, my son was really determined to get home. After I was discharged on a Wednesday, he was there at that point by for three, four days. The meconium at that point had worked itself out. So he was actually finally able to eat. I was concerned because I was like, okay, why isn't he immediately eating after he's born? They were like, well, technically you can wait two to three days after they're born to eat. That was concerning to me, but he was fine. He took the breast milk like a champ, which I knew he would, but he unfortunately had to take it straight from a bottle because of all the wiring and the tubes and stuff. So we couldn't, you know, breastfeed and have that bond like I originally would have planned to. So I'm like, hey, at this point, I don't surrender to this whole freaking journey. I've let go of all control and I'm just flowing with it at this point. As long as y'all are not hurting him or me, I'm here to do what I need to do to make sure we both get home safely. So he took the breast milk. I felt like the breast milk was that extra boost that he needed because, mind you, so the IV that he had in his hand, they actually took that out. And, like, they left a little piece of his umbilical cord attached because they were like, you know, if anything happens, we can always attach the wiring to his umbilical cord and give him the antibiotics and fluids through his umbilical cord, which I thought was so freaking cool. And that's what needed to happen because with the IV that they had in his hand, it started leaking. So they had to wire everything through his umbilical cord. So you had to be extremely, when I was finally able to hold him, like you had to be extremely careful to not pull this wiring out of his umbilical cord because he could bleed and like, a whole bunch of other adverse actions could happen. So trying to hold a newborn with wiring and stuff is a challenge, okay? But we did it. By this point, he had the CPAP machine on and it was like through his nose. He has tans and pulled it out of his nose. Like he's like pulling it out of his nose. Like he knows. <laughs> this is not supposed to be in my nose. Get this out of here. Um, why am I not home with my mom and my daddy? <laughs> so they were like, you know, his levels are still pretty low. Like, we want to make sure he's able to breathe on his own, this, that, and third. So he's, like, giving them signs. Like, I can do this, y'all. I'm good. So when they noticed that he was pulling it out of his nose, they were like, okay, let's give it another day, and then we can take him off. So he tells them, like, hey, I can do this because he keeps pulling at it. So they found another way to have it on his face without having like the uh, adhesive that they had to hold it down in place. Like they ended up doing away with that to making it to where it was like a little bit more comfortable for him to have it in. So they eventually take it off and he's good to breathe without it. The wiring y'all that they told me to be careful about, I'm holding him and we like at this point I practice I'm having to like practice breastfeeding him he takes his foot and kicks it <laughs> he takes his foot and kicks the wires and they all detach from his umbilical cord I'm like um I call this nurse I'm like uh Brandon can you um can you come here cuz he just kicked his wires out and he's like he's like the only male nurse on the floor he's like uh this is not good so he calls another nurse and she's like oh no let's lay him down let's call the doctor see what we need to do mind you then he's not like bleeding like how they explain that he could potentially bleed it's like a little blood and but he's fine and he didn't need half of the stuff they they had him hooked up to because at this point it's like friday <laughs> So they talk it over with the doctors. They're like, you know, it's fine. He's actually going to go home tomorrow. And this is on a Saturday. I'm like, thank you, God. Because <laughs> we want our child home. 
of course, by now I have made it home because my partner's like, all right, it's time for you to, you know, you got to at least come home, try to get some rest. And even I was like, okay, I feel in my soul that he's going to be fine. It's going to suck. It's going to hurt having to go home and actually go to sleep knowing that he's still in here without us. So I finally go home, change my clothes and all that. Just finally able to be out of the hospital. But I just really couldn't be comfortable because he was still in the hospital. So come Saturday, we go up there. And it's an all-day process of having to get him discharged because the doctors are, like, moving at snail pace at this point. They're having to get up so much paperwork. Mind you, all the videos that I had to watch in order to get him discharged and all that, I ended up watching them a day before. So that was like one last thing we had to do. We had to do the car seat test and all that. Did all that the night before. So it's like one less thing that's holding us up from getting him home. So um, we're at Saturday. The doctors are like, all right, we're getting everything together. He has to do his hearing test. He has to do... His, his vision test, he passes all of that, you know, everything looks good, his lungs are clear, he's able to breathe on his own, let's get your child home. So we finally get him in, like, I'm finally able to change him into his, his, uh, his outfit that I planned for him to come home in, and, you know, the nurses are helping us pack up every single thing that he had, um, even more, <laughs> Um, and the nurse that he had, he walked us out. He walked us to the car, made sure we got him in the car safely. And I'm just like sitting in the back seat with him. Like you are finally going home, sir. He gets home. I finally bring him into his room. I sit down in his rocking chair and I just, his head lays on my chest and I just cried. I cried so much <laughs> the first night he was home. I was just like so overjoyed that all of this was over. <laughs> like, finally, we went through all of this together and you're finally home. It was such an exhausting I think it was more so exhausting emotionally and, and physically because. I'm still trying to heal. I'm still having to like wrap my mind around the fact that I had a whole C-section that I didn't plan for on top of making sure my child is safe because he's not around me. Like he's having to lay in this bed with all these wires around him, with all these different people around him and mommy and daddy is not there. That is what really like ate at me the most. But it was completely out of my control. Like that was something that I literally had no control over. And the amount of surrendering that I had to go under was very humbling. Okay. I've had to surrender before in life, but not to that magnitude. Like that was a different level of surrendering that I had to go under. But it was worth it. It was it was worth it. After we got him home, like he was literally the best baby I've ever been around. And that's not even to be biased because it's my own son. But I'm like, I was grateful, you know, that he spent time in the NICU because he knew how to be independent. You know, he knew how to sleep on his own. Like I didn't, you know, wasn't getting up to a cranky baby because he wanted to be held. Like, he was fine. And he also gave me tons of reinsurance to let me know that he was fine. I have cried a couple times while I was recording this. <laughs> Just so y'all know, if you hear my voice cracking, your girl was crying. I got really emotional. This is why I waited as long as I did because it still eats at me emotionally. It is something that I felt like I would honestly need therapy for, but 
this is something that I knew for sure I can work through on my own. And it wasn't nothing to the point where I needed to suppress it. It was just, I just needed time to process it. And looking at him every day and watching him grow and develop and like looking at his little personality, that's what helped the healing to know that we went through all of that together to bring him to Earthside. And just seeing the phenomenal job that we've done this far, and he's only four months. It is the amount of joy that comes from all of this is unmatched. And most people have asked me how was my experience. They wanted to know my experience. This is why I needed to wait. I really needed time to actually talk about it. So I'm done crying. (laughs) Thank you guys for listening and holding space for me to hear my story (laughs) about how we brought my baby to Earthside. And that was part two. (laughs) I promise the rest of the season won't be this emotional because I'm getting it out of my system now. But that's the story, y'all. I'm grateful. At the end of the day, I'm grateful. I thank you guys for tuning in. And if you're watching this video on YouTube and like seeing what it is that I had to go through, you notice you will not see any footage or videos of while I was in the hospital because that was when I just needed time to really process what the hell I just went through. So that's that. Appreciate you guys for tuning in for listening, and for sharing my story with a friend if you are doing so. Please like, share, and subscribe so you don't miss another episode, another conversation. And I look forward to having a regular-ass conversation with y'all next week. (laughs) I love you guys. Stay well.